Ready whenever you are. Hi, and welcome to the inaugural episode of On and Off, our podcast covering trends, tips, and news for the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today, we're going to talk about some of the new technology for retailers and restaurant operators that's been taken off since the coronavirus pandemic hit the U.S. Unfortunately, COVID-19 pretty much shut down the on-premise service industry in mid-March. While the off-premise industry has been booming while consumers stocked up and panic bought alcohol, that may have tapered off a little bit, but certainly retailers are doing better than bars and restaurants right now. Uh, And both sectors learned a lot about online orders and delivery during this period. Yeah, that's for sure. Before the pandemic, a lot of restaurants had been slow to embrace some of the newer ordering technologies. And then when they could only offer carry out and delivery, you know, taking orders over the phone like they had been doing before was just a disaster. So a lot of operators are now looking to apps that can facilitate the whole online ordering and payment process. What are you seeing in the off-premise, Kyle? You know, I'm seeing a lot of the same thing, which is this quick digitalization of everything. It seems like a lot of trends that were, you know, 10 years out have suddenly become the new normal. And certainly that has happened uh, in the retail side of the beverage alcohol industry as well. For instance, we're seeing a lot of retailers turning very quickly to e-commerce. And uh, I recently wrote about this, talking with a lot of the companies that provide these e-commerce options, one of which is CyberTill. And they told me that their sales are up 30% from last year, uh, where 70% of their customer sales are now going through their app and their website. You know, this was an overnight change that really uh, changed the way that much of the industry is operating. You know, and this drive-through uh, and curbside pickup and e- e-commerce and uh, digital delivery aspect uh, has allowed a lot of the retailers to operate in a very efficient manner, despite the challenges being thrust upon them by COVID-19. Yeah, delivery is huge for everybody. And with the some of the delivery apps that have fees up to 30%, some restaurants are, are now handling the delivery aspect themselves. You know, in the height of the, um, the COVID, it was also a way to keep some of the staff employed when they couldn't serve any customers in-house. Um, but, you know, for those that may be looking to keep doing their own delivery, they're looking at things like delivery route optimization software that, you know, will help the driver find the, the fastest and most efficient way to get to the customers. It really is incredible how quickly all of this changed. You know, you're talking about delivery. I had some of the e-commerce companies tell me that they saw deliveries go up a hundred times or, you know, they were doing 30 deliveries a week and then suddenly they're doing 300 deliveries a week or 3000 deliveries a week, excuse me. And these are small operations. You know, the, the swiftness in which this changed everything is incredible. And we saw a lot of companies that got ahead of this. I think uh, an important lesson to take away from all of this is that The companies that are already invested in retail technology turned out better here than those that were lagging behind. You know, for instance, one of the leaders in uh, technology in use of beverage alcohol retailer is Gary's Wine and Marketplace in New Jersey. They are one of the pioneers in e-commerce for uh, beverage alcohol retailers, and they're one of the pioneers in terms of shipping 
products directly to consumers. And so it's no surprise that they were a pioneer in the way that they handled COVID-19. Uh, when the coronavirus slammed New Jersey, obviously one of the worst hit states that there was, Gary's Wine and Marketplace was deemed an essential business. They were allowed to stay open. Yet they made the, I think, very prudent decision to shut down anyways out of an abundance of caution to take care of safety and security for staff and customers, though obviously still uh, continuing business. So what they did is they switched entirely to e-commerce. It's incredible. You, you saw almost overnight one of the leading beverage alcohol retailers in America become an online-only business. Uh, and to do that, they contacted uh, a, an e-commerce company called City Hive. And almost overnight, uh, City Hive purchased the domain, garyslocal.com. And within two hours, they had web ordering up and online. And Gary's was able to shift a significant part of their sales to e-commerce immediately. And now Gary's has since opened and obviously has all of the safety procedures in place, such as social distancing and everyone's wearing PPE and there's signs on the floor, making sure everyone stays apart. But for a little while there, they're in the worst of the coronavirus and one of the worst hit states, Gary's rapidly switched to e-commerce only. And it was uh, certainly remarkable to see. One of the things that's a, always been a huge deal for the on-premise is hygiene and sanitization. You know, just anytime there's an outbreak of any kind of disease, it's not something you want your brand associated with. But now with the the coronavirus, it's it's essential. So I'm seeing more interest in products like hand hygiene monitoring systems that will allow a manager to check worker compliance with hand washing, you know, right from their mobile phone. There's also things, you know, maybe a little less techie, but just portable sinks so that you can wash your hands more often or from anywhere. You know, I could see these taking off as restaurants have to rely more on their outdoor service. You know, I think most retail stores could probably get away with providing hand sanitizer solution um, stations and make sure they're wiping everything down, like the cart handles and so on. Maybe something like a portable sink might be handy on the selling floor, you know, so people can see the hand washing and also when they hopefully get back to doing tastings, you know, if they don't have a bar set up on the selling floor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, mobile uh, washing stations probably aren't something we're going to be seeing on the retail side, though. I did see one retailer, I believe it was Pecos in Delaware. I apologize if I'm incorrect there. A uh, wonderful retailer. Uh, but they happened to have their growler station by their register. So they were able to turn their growler station into using the sink there, obviously turn the growler station into a sanitization uh, spot where they were very easily uh, washing their hands between orders and everything. So that was a kind of an on the fly uh, technique, though, it, you know, if, if we're talking about sanitization with retail, you know, I think the most important thing to talk about is contactless payments. Uh, another good example of a trend we were already starting to see uh, coming up uh, in the last couple of years, and now suddenly it's the here and now. Uh, this is very much something we're seeing everywhere, contactless payment. We're seeing credit cards where all you have to do is wave them at the credit card machine and takes the payment. There's obviously also phones, uh, apps on your phone that can do this. You can have your credit card information stored on your smartphone and wave that at the machine, and that's another way to pay it. And you know, if you're not ready for that yet, you can also just put plastic shields over your credit card machines and you know, the chip reader is still a good way to keep people from touching so much. You know, it, it all comes down to the less things that customers and staff are touching, the less likely we're spreading this virus. So I certainly see a rise in contactless payments, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. No, definitely not. It's, I mean, just talking about the speed which things have changed, 
you know, you and I were both at the New York International Restaurant Show in March, you know, right basically the week that, <laughs> that everything started shutting down. And then before that, we did the National Restaurant Show in Chicago. And I remember our booth was across from a, a vendor selling door handles that sanitize and condition hands when exiting the restroom. And um, I thought it was kind of funny, kind of interesting. And, you know, flash forward, suddenly it's like, that's essential. Where do I get one of those? It is crazy how quickly everything changed. You know, we were at that show in March, in mid-March, and we knew the coronavirus was coming at that point. It hadn't quite yet uh, burst upon the scene as much as it would uh, just one week later. Obviously, it was already spreading in the city. Thankfully, you and I got out of that show, uh, which was at the Javits Center, uh, you know, healthy and with our health intact. Um, it was incredible, though. You know, I think probably a week later, that room we were in at the Javits Center became a hospital room. And when you and I were there, there were 15,000 people eating food off of sample plates. I shook somebody's hand there. Uh, the last time I shook someone's hand was there. You know, we were swapping business cards. I saw people, you know, people were on the subway touching things. People were going up and down escalators touching things. There were, nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was wearing gloves. Very different time period. A week later, the world was completely different. Yeah, we uh, definitely dodged that bullet, so to speak. Well, you got lucky there. You know, I just, in general, COVID-19 has been such a huge wake-up call that, you know, restaurants need to improve their digital presence, you know, because right now and increasingly before, consumer interactions start online and on the delivery apps. So you really need your brand differentiation to, to begin there as well. There's a great article on this um, on Cheers Online by David Morgan, you know, tips for improving your digital presence. But it's it's really time for bars and restaurants to take a more comprehensive and careful approach to, you know, their digital customer facing experience and, and really work on deepening those connections with current and new customers directly instead of leaving it up to a third party. So I would say the same is probably true for beverage yeah. alcohol retailers absolutely the genie is out of the bottle here with this technology folks you really need to get with the uh most modern ways of communicating with customers you want to be where the customer is uh buying and right now the customer is buying on their phones they're buying on their tablets they're buying on the computer they're buying on the fly digitally you know i have a couple of quotes here from matt rosen of wine fetch which is another great e-commerce company he says one silver lining in all of this is that people were able to order alcohol in a way that they were never able to in the past. Now, I think consumers are hooked on that convenience. When this crisis subsides, I think that online ordering will continue. And I, I have to agree with them. I have a hard time seeing people going back to the way it was. You know, I now put orders in and I have it delivered to me at the curbside. It's easier than going in. It's safer. And there's also things of having, you know, uh, spirits and alcohol, uh, beer, wine delivered to your doorstep. You see a lot of craft breweries just trying to survive are now delivering alcohol to your doorstep. And obviously you have retailers delivering alcohol to uh, your doorstep as well through the use of uh, providers like Drizzly. I have a hard time seeing people going back to the way it was when you have that convenience. Yeah, I would say the same with the on-premise, you know, more, more so from the apprehension about, you know, being too close to other people and, you know, making sure that everything is is safe and clean and all that but um you know a lot of places have been allowed to to deliver 
cocktails to go and things like that. So they're getting kind of the, the alcohol delivery with their food. And that yeah. that's a whole nother selling point. And I think, you know, a lot of those regulations that have been relaxed that might stay after this. Um, so it's, it is going to change everything for sure. I completely agree. And shout out to the legislators for, uh, you know, in towns, cities and states across the country for acting so quickly to help save this industry. You know, obviously, <laughs> I, I used to, let's say, I used to cover politics where I covered alcohol. A lot of people like to gripe about uh, politics and sometimes for good reason. But here's a good example of politicians at every single level moving quickly to help support uh, an industry that was, you know, facing a crippling future. So I, I think that was an excellent job there done by them. You know, I, I said I had a couple of quotes here from Matt Rose and I had, I had another good quote. Uh, you know, you have to be online in 2020, he says. It'd be insane not to. The visibility alone is critical, especially when out of every five stores right now, two have their whole inventories online. Guess who the customer's going to? You know, it's the people with their inventories online. And that points to another thing. You were speaking earlier, Melissa, about visibility and how important, you know, the visibility alone, how important that is. Uh, the, the retailers who have their entire inventories put online are allowing people to browse. You know, the days of going through liquor stores and browsing through all of the aisles and picking up every single craft product and looking it up and untapped and looking it up on distill and looking it up in all of the Facebook groups for the whiskeys and the craft beers, you know, that's probably not going to come back until we get a vaccine. So how are people going to browse products? And, and, and I know early on we had a lot of uh, stocking up on sort of the big name bulk items. People couldn't buy enough Tito's. People couldn't buy enough kettle one. People couldn't buy enough 30 racks of Miller Lite. Yeah, people buying boxed wine so much that there is, I believe, still currently a boxed wine shortage in America. Good luck finding Boda Box right now. Excellent product. They're just caught a little off guard with this uh, surge in purchasing. Uh, but I, I have also heard recently in talking with retailers that this stocking up on big name, big format products is starting to come down a little bit. And people are starting to return to craft again. They want to experiment. They're stuck at home. They're making sourdough. They're watching, you know, Ozark. And they wanted to experiment a little bit more. So they're buying craft beers again. They're buying craft whiskeys again. They, they want to try something else new. And what else are you going to do at home but experiment? And so that's why the companies that have the retailers that have the good uh, inventories on their website and have the good social media that shows their inventory, that is how we're replacing browsing right now. And, and one other point to this, another way that uh, smart retailers are replacing the uh, very uh, valuable experience of browsing uh, you know, obviously valuable marketing experience as well, uh, is in-store tastings used to be one way, obviously, to expose customers to new products. You can't do that right now, of course. Uh, there, there's no safe way to do that at all. You can't have somebody drinking whiskey off of a plate like we were doing at the Javits Center uh, a week before it became a hospital. <laughs> that's uh, right. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so now you see a lot of the smart, savvy, forward-thinking stores turning to virtual tastings, by which I mean They'll have a, a video up live on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, or any of the other uh, social media platforms that offer live uh, video, YouTube as well, of course, and they'll do a virtual tasting. Now, obviously, a consumer's not going to reach through the screen and be able to taste that whiskey, but a, a good salesman, of course, will be able to pour and then sip the whiskey and describe it uh, accurately in a way that gets people wanting to buy the product. So I think that's another valuable way you see right now companies taking advantage smart companies taking advantage of uh, technology is the virtual tastings and using it as another marketing tool to expose consumers to new products yeah yeah we're seeing a little bit of that in the on-premise with uh, 
some places were doing like a virtual happy hour with their top bartenders, uh, maybe leading in a cocktail class or something like that. Uh, so it's, you know, at that point, anything you could do to um, engage with the customer and keep their relationship going. But I do think a lot of people are anxious to get out and, you know, experience at least some kind of uh, interaction with, with people. Absolutely. You know, and, and I don't want to say that I think browsing and in-store tastings are going away forever. Uh, and recently talking with some retailers, I had one of them remind me, he, you know, already he's starting to see people come back into the store and take their time walking through the aisles and looking at things. There is something to be said about actually shopping through liquor and really experiencing the variety of the products. And, you know, as you were alluding to, Melissa, some people just kind of want to get out of their home. We've all been stuck at home, you know, for so long. We've watched all of Ozark. There's no more episodes to watch. We need to get back out and start, uh, you know, experiencing things again. So as, as, again, as important as all this tech is, there is also going to be a return to in-person shopping and eating at some point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is, is going to work together as we mm -hmm. move forward. I completely agree. Okay. Well, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to On and Off. Yep. And thank you so much. And be sure to uh, check out our next episode when we'll be recording about some of the vodka trends we're seeing right now. Vodka is a product that has actually benefited very well from the uh, coronavirus, especially early on as people are stockpiling up on large format bottles of vodka, uh, making a whole lot of cocktails at home. There's an endless amount of cocktails you can make with vodka, of course. So be sure to check back for that. And if you like us, please hit the subscribe button. And until then, I'm Kyle Swartz from Beverage Dynamics Magazine. And I'm Melissa Dowling with Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Very good.